0: Okay, it's recording now. Okay, so we can cut that out in post. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's it's. <laughs> do I do my name first, show No, no, no. I'm gonna start. Relax.
1: Come on, right. boys.
0: All yeah, right. I'm ready. I see through you.
1: Hello, fellow Powderhounds, and welcome to the Powderhounds Podcast, a podcast about just having fun skiing and riding. I'm your host, Jeff Shaw, though I'm better known as Shawman, at least to my guests on this episode. It is Saturday, June 6, 2020, and we are recording live from virtual CT East, Key West Studios to talk skiing and riding. This episode will feature Haystack Mountain, officially now known as the Hermitage Club in Vermont. I suppose you could say this is a bit of a throwback Saturday type episode. Inside this episode, we will cover the latest snow report, ski news, ski area history, meet our guests, play some trivia games, talk Haystack Hermitage Club, and finally unveil a new question in our Last Call segment. Final thought about the games? The answers to most of the questions are hinted throughout each segment, so pay attention, fellas. So sit back, kick your feet up, relax, and enjoy the experience of everything skiing and riding. Powderhounds. Let's get going with the latest snow report. While it's definitely summertime in most of North America, I have one last snow report to provide. Tomorrow is Uh, arapaho basin otherwise known as a basin in colorado's last day of the season after a brief reopening that followed the likes of t-line mount baldy and others um a basin capped the mountain volume at 600 skiers per day and they usually have about 10,000. so those are the lucky few it'll be interesting to see what lessons have been learned from those reopening experiments and of course All skiers and riders will be keeping an eye on what's happening in the upcoming winter season in the southern hemisphere. For the rest of us, it's trail or beach season, from a safe 6 to 15 foot distance, of course. Um, I've been putting a little bit of uh, wear on my Trek 8000 over the last few weeks and already got in a few paddles on my surf tech. Uh, Happy and safe summer, all. All right, enough weather. Let's get to it. As with all episodes, the point of the featured mountain is promote the ski area. Admittedly, Haystack Mountain is a special case, as the mountain is currently closed. Further, when lifts were last spinning, it was actually a private mountain, the Hermitage Club. But with new ownership, there is renewed optimism that the ski area will once again welcome skiers and riders. But staying with that throwback Saturday spirit, I'd like to share a vintage find that will frame this entire episode. You guys can see this, but uh, I found a vintage trail map from the 1996-1997 season. Uh, now, we were there uh, in the 2000s, so this isn't us, but I would just want to point out the bottom picture has a family of three. We have one child with the eyes closed and the other looking away, and uh, the bottom picture, or the top picture, we have somebody on straight skis, I think, in a onesie, so give you a little picture of what was happening in 1996, 1997. That trail map will come in handy later as we get into the games. Uh, And while there's nothing about vintage about the next few items, I just want to do my best to make you all feel welcome. So in that spirit, pun intended, I have for uh, Mr. Uh, KP, I have twin tree houses, I have a bright, and I have a bright with Citra for Owen and Lauren. Cheers. For Frank Penner or uh, uh, KP, you already kind of uh, you, you already said it earlier in the pre-show, but uh, I got a little wardrobe wardrobe change, Frank. I'm going with Dave. with the hat, baby. All episode FSI white hat. Thank you very much, sir. And for uh, and for uh, Beamer, <clears throat> what do you expect, buddy? Drum roll, please. Yeah all right. Let's go. Oh yeah. So here we go, guys. I hope you feel welcome. That's a little uh, that's a little uh, special welcome to this episode. Uh, all right, enough goofing around. back to haystack. Before I introduce my uh, awesome gu- guest with a bit more depth, I'd like to provide a brief history of both the mountain and the ski area. Located in the same mountain ridge as Mount Snow, Haystack is a mid-sized ski area with a bumpy past. Pun totally intended. They have really good uh, mogul trails. In the 1960s, Everett Lord Wood designed the ski area with the same characteristics in mind to that of neighboring Mount Snow. First, it would need to be accessible. Being located less than 25 miles away from I-91, check that box. Second, it would need to have a long season. Unfortunately, that trait would prove aspirational rather than practical. As an example, a wine and cheese shop was operational, but snowmaking was not. Third, it needed to have a variety of terrain over multiple peaks and faces, which it did. So as most would agree, two out of three ain't bad. Haystack debuted 1964-1965 season with the original tagline, Ski Haystack Before Everyone Else Does. On the day it was dedicated, Vermont Senator George Aiken and Lieutenant Governor John Daly were present. The initial rollout included a three-story lodge at the beginner area, the lower base lodge, three T-bars, and a double chairlift on the lower part of the mountain, serving a whopping 75 acres of terrain. A shuttle bus uh, service carried people throughout the fragmented base area, eventually having a lower base lodge and ski area and an upper base lodge and ski area, so it's very fragmented. By the 1970s, long-term plans included better lifts, real estate development, snowmaking, and a golf course. Alas. In the early 80s, the ski area closed for three seasons, but in 1984-1985 season was rescued. A new financing group bought the ski area and updated its amenities. Sadly, like Carmen San Diego, it's double trouble. One, a lack of snow, uh, natural snow compounded by two, limited snowmaking, contributed Haystack struggling to find a place in the competitive southern Vermont ski market. There were ambitious plans for Haystack area ski area to connect with Mount Snow, though it never happened. Haystack more or less assumed the role of handling overflow at Mount Snow. Mount Snow eventually sold Haystack in 2005, ending the relationship. After attempts at an upscale independent ski area and a satellite ski area, Haystack was developed as a private club, the Hermitage Club, which was uh, closed for skiing the last two years and filed for bankruptcy last year. Uh, however, it was recently sold at auction for just over $8 million to a group of former Hermitage club members. While its future may seem unknown, the new ownership group appointed former Mountain Creek president and COO Bill Benian as its executive director and general manager. So there will be another chapter in this ski area's chaotic story. Haystack is located in the Deerfield Valley of Southern Vermont. Getting to Haystack is easy. Just follow I 91 to Route 9 or Route 2 to Route 9 through Dover. So there you have it Haystack Mountain or the Hermitage Club. History in a few minutes. Now it's time to meet our guests. This is when you can unmute, boys. We have three guests in this Haystack episode Franchise, KP, and the Beamer. As you can see, the uh, nickname culture is strong. Gents, welcome to the show. Thanks, for man. The show. Thank you. Thank you. All right, first up, franchise. There are two profound memories of skiing with you. One was at Haystack. That still makes me laugh, and it will in a little while. Uh, the other was on the way to, I think, Killington on a totally separate trip. So as I remember... We were uh, got up early, the whole thing, day trip, <clears throat> and we got stuck behind a line of cars on Route 103 to get there. And you were getting really annoyed at the pace. You, know, you want to get there, we got up early, you want to get first chair, whatever it was. I was driving the old Maxima, you might remember, and I recall you made the suggestion, not so subtly, to pass as soon as possible. But rather than uh, maybe uh, me thinking about when that would be a good idea, I literally went into left lane immediately and leapfrogged four cars I think I hit up to 90 miles an hour for the section that actually went by troop, uh, state trooper barracks like H or something. Uh, And we both had like mild heart attacks. The silver lining in that story was no speeding ticket. And we were able to park, I think, at the upper lot uh, at the ski area. So uh, that was uh, very successful. So uh, mission accomplished there. I'll get to that second, more relevant story a little later. But uh, again, welcome to the show. And I just want to ask for our listeners, uh, how long have you been skiing?
2: Uh, oh, wait, franchise or
1: anybody? Oh, this is uh, this is for Mr. Franchise. Oh, this is just for me. Okay. Uh,
2: well, I started skiing in sixth grade with the middle school ski club, and uh,
1: and I, uh, so okay. So how, was, how old was I in sixth grade? What's that like twelve? Yeah. All right. So you got uh, you got some 12, years something on you. Like
2: that? Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. 26. 25 27
1: years all right so that's pretty good that's pretty good now what uh when's the last time you skied in those 25 or so years and where Uh, was it
2: embarrassing that's fine embarrassing to say it's been a while since i've skied
1: well this Uh, episode and this podcast will hopefully inspire you to change that (laughs) next season
2: i I say every year i plan on going skiing and we're gonna you know so you know when when uh, you start having family and things start to get in the way and like you know Little kids don't have any place to go except for like in your arms. It's hard to get on the slope sometimes. At least mm-hmm. I, at least for me. So uh, it's probably been it's probably been about two years since I've that since I've been skiing. I do know the last place I went though was uh, was up really far north. Where, Penner? Where do you live? Well, uh, my family's was, up up around Mount Washington,
1: New Hampshire. Yeah, it was up there. What's that? Okay. Mad River Glen? That ring a bell? That well, would be Vermont. Skiing, up That way. But that's oh, a that great, great place a to, to be. Oh, that's a yeah, great. Sure, the exact address if you could. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we'll GPS the coordinates <laughs> there. Yeah, uh, Mad River Glen, absolutely one of the uh, crowning jewels of the Northeast, if not uh, you know any local oh, yeah. mountain. It was,
2: it was beautiful. It yeah. Was beautiful. We we even had uh, I think we had Audrey at that time, so it was okay. you know it was it was probably. That was probably three
1: years ago. Now, would you say uh, the most recent is like your favorite because it has been a little while? Like most, you know. Oh, yeah! It was absolutely
2: gorgeous. Okay. Seeing the mountain, you know. Yeah, that's
1: definitely my favorite. Now, what part of the ski day, this is sort of the closing introductory, introductory question, what, what's the best part of the ski day? Is it, for example, like first uh, chair, maybe the first tracks on a powder day? Is it the first break where you go uh, to a little, uh, you know, uh, hot chocolate, food, a little, little drink, uh, apres after a ski day, you're tired? What, what do you think is the best part of the ski day? I'm just curious. Oh, there's a lot
2: of great parts.
1: Okay. Oh, um, of, of a ski day that's a fair that's fair answer are
2: great I, you know i'm a huge fan of anticipation
1: though
2: oh ah. and um
1: oh that'll come, come up before, really good in our final question later i'm gonna the night be-
2: the night before the ski day when you're talking about i've never skied the mountain before i've never i've never skied with the people i'm even going with before and we're talking about what we're gonna do what trails we're gonna hit and what it's gonna be like like that's my favorite part of of, of the ski trip is like you know, the bonding before you go. And then, of course, like, the day is great and the night is great. And you have, you know, you know you have your dinner and your beers and everybody is just reminiscing on what a great day it was. But the anticipation is my
1: favorite part. Love it. Great answer. And with that, this might be hard to top, Kev, uh, but we're going to get to you uh, those questions in a minute. Uh, before I do, uh, KP, um, unfortunately, the ski story that sticks out to me most is uh, the time you, uh, you myself... Noah uh, and his buddy went up to do like a Vermont, New Hampshire kind of ski weekend thing, uh, and his buddy broke his arm or wrist I think in Vermont and didn't go to New Hampshire. So what I recall from that was um good thing actually that was a good thing for them because we got up to Mount Washington to Breton and it was like minus 32. I think the mountain was closed the first day. And then I think as I recall the second day we went out and like skied like one or two runs and like it was blistering cold. Like you couldn't even see anything. The wind was was humming um and uh we didn't last long so i think we like ate and drank out of the uh the the food the food stocks and uh that was sort of it but um uh that's yeah unfortunately that sticks out um and then i recently read in some ski um article that Bretton Woods actually increased their season pass. Most uh, skiers, you think maybe you know, would, would hold it or maybe even cut the price uh, a little bit from eight thirty nine to uh, just over a thousand. And I was wondering, well, why not do nine ninety nine? From a marketer's standpoint, well, it right. turns out that the White Mountain Super Pass has unlimited access skiing at Cannon, Waterville Valley, Cranmore for hundred for nine ninety nine. And drumroll, please, Bretton Woods. So you could get unlimited skiing at the White, White Superpass with those three other mountains and uh, just to ski at Bretton. So don't, whatever you do, don't get, the, don't, get, don't get the Bretton Woods only season pass. Make sure you get the White Mountain Superpass. But um, anyway, so that was just one thing. I know we skied a bunch of other times, and certainly we'll get into uh, this relevant, more relevant one. But uh, how long have you been skiing?
3: Well, first of all, Bretton Woods is the only of those that you really want to be skiing. It's got the, the best conditions. Uh, throughout the year out of all those for all the years I've been skiing Uh, but I started skiing probably I don't know
1: fourth or fifth grade no younger than that maybe second or third grade alright so that's like Mountain in Manchester New Hampshire called McIntyre
3: it was a little hill great for for kids to to learn how to pizza slice and do all that so I've been probably skiing
1: about uh, 30 32 years All right, you're leading the pack, so I think. <laughs> okay. That's legit. Is that the last place you skied? The Not uh, the McIntyre, but the um, Bretton Woods, I presume?
3: Yeah, so si- similar to Frank. Um, my my twin's uh, turning four in September, so it's about, been about that long uh, without kids. So it's, it's probably about four years ago at Bretton Woods. This was the last time I had had the opportunity to, to really slap on some skis and, and uh, crush into the snow
1: there. Well, let me tell you, they make super small skis with rubber boots to get those little kids into it. So uh, we'll uh, we'll up the table that uh, for another uh, mo- another time. But uh, so what would- four or five. I think even younger, actually, believe it or not, just to get their ki- their feet, you know, kind of used to it. But, um, you know, it's, there's no buckle or anything. It's just literally a rubber boot. Um, so I'm presuming Breton's probably the favorite place to ski, or should I not assume that? And maybe it's somewhere out west or somewhere else. Um,
3: out west, I'd love to be at. Uh, so as far as myself and... and- my experience, Brentwoods has been one of the best uh, as far as conditions go, but I've definitely yeah. enjoyed some of the, the greater Vermont slopes like Stratton and Okemo and a bunch of the other ones out that way.
1: I noticed you didn't stay haystack, but that's okay. We'll get to that. Um, do you have any favorite gear or at this point, haven't skied in a bunch of years, whatever fits, buckles in, doesn't hurt you at the end of the day is probably okay. <laughs> well, I, I've always been a, a long-term uh, atomic okay so all right my skis for quite a while um when i had
3: old ones uh i think back when i was 15 i bought a, a brand new pair the, the last ones i bought after that they've always been atomic i've always been a big fan of of how those have gone uh you know demoed a, a ton of skis mm-hmm. every every name you can imagine and, and atomic has always uh outperformed for my mics
1: that's what my, counts my and hey, brand loyalty, marketer's dream. Uh, best part of the ski day for you now. You can't say the anticipation. Frank already took it. No, you can if you want.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, uh, the anticip- anticipation is certainly one thing. Uh, I know from, from where I, I would always have a house, uh, you kind of strap on your boots, throw your, throw your skis over your shoulder, and kind of walk down the road towards the slug so you had kind of that eye of the tiger momentum going as. Till you get to the end of the road and slap your skis on, mm-hmm. uh, and then start down your first track. But my favorite part was doing a few runs and then getting over to the part of the, the mountain where uh, not too many people went. Uh, Bretton Woods has certainly expanded their their terrain a, a ton, opened up new trails. Um, but when I, I first, a whole bunch of years I was skiing there, there was an area where, you know I'm a big fan of skiing the glades. So mm-hmm. I go out there, and just at some point in my, my life, I just decided, hey, what's beyond the glades?
4: Oh, off-piste. Yep. <laughs> out,
3: out into the woods, got, in the, got into the powder, just skied the hell out of that. And that was uh, just some of the best times I've had. Granted, when you get down to the bottom, bottom of the mountain, then you realize you're nowhere near a lift. Yeah, yeah. That kind of sucks. But the, the ride that you have from the top of the mountain to that point it's, it's uh nothing
1: beats that totally makes it worth it did the same thing at alpine meadows uh last season and uh worth every every ounce of sweat and uh labored breathing for 20 minutes um so uh, appreciate the sharing that that uh, not everyone always uh, thinks to do that Certainly, do it safely if you're going to do it. Uh, last but certainly not least, Beamer. Now, a few trips come came to mind when I was thinking about this. Um, probably because I think we both had uh, the college pass. Um, I think we did both, uh, if I'm not mistaken, one American Ski Company and then the Okemo Stratton one. But um, I just remember two ninety nine in my head. So whichever one was two ninety nine, I feel like we we did that one. But anyway, um, so <laughs> unfortunately, I think the funniest uh, ski tale. Uh, was more of like a goofy start to the day than anything that actually happened on the on the mountain, um, and here here's what I remember. I remember a day trip with the Dangerberry crew. Uh, we sl- <laughs> we slept uh, at uh, Seventeen Contemporary Drive in Danbury. We got up at like. I know. How do I know this? It's crazy. Uh, we got up at like four a.m. because there was gonna be snow in Vermont, and like it was like we need to do this. Um, I recall we headed up in two cars. Uh, I think I drove, and then I think uh, and I think it was like Gerard, Adam, maybe Tribble, but I don't know. I don't remember if he actually skied or not. And
4: uh, Tribble is always there in spirit, even if he's not.
1: Yeah, he, like, had to be there, you know, in spirit. Yeah, so, we, uh, so there's two cars going up. Again, like, four in the morning. I think we probably were up most of the night, so we got, like, two hours of sleep or whatever. And uh, driving up probably in some snow by the time we got to Vermont. And um, somehow you, me, and whoever else was in the car, like, ended up at the base lift at like the time we're going to meet and then the other car like wasn't there and then like it took like a long time to figure out like where they were and like it was before jackson gore there so they only could be in one place and then like i don't even know how we found out but turns out they were <laughs> i think this is led by adam of all people mr snowsports extraordinaire they were having a sit-down breakfast in the plaza at the base of the like the access road do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't keep Adam away from a good meal. He, uh, you know, you don't want to go out there on an empty stomach. That's cool. no, no, no. I can't. Uh, I guess I can't hold that against him. But I remember that being like a whole bunch of shenanigans that got that day started, kind of, kind of awkwardly. But uh, uh, all right, I've been, uh, been looking forward to asking some questions here. You heard him a couple times. Now it's your turn. Uh, you are a rider, so I want to ask you, how long have you been riding? Um,
0: all right. Well, yeah, a little bit of background. I started skiing grade school, maybe sixth, seventh grade. I'm the youngest of three, so uh, the whole family was going up there, like uh, rich white people tend to do. And uh, I would just do the pizza wedge and rent skis. And we went up to Smuggler's Notch for a week, and uh, it was like the greatest thing ever. Uh, I didn't make it over to Haystack, unfortunately, uh, but you know that's <laughs> certainly on the list. Um, and then sometime when I thought I would try to be cool, I switched over to snowboarding. Uh, it didn't work, but snowboarding was a lot <laughs> less gear to tote around. So, uh, yeah, that would have been high school time, maybe junior year of high school. This would have been 96, 97.
1: And then, um, 96, 97? Hmm. That is not not me in that <laughs> that you're holding. <laughs> but I'm uh, probably the one not looking
0: at the camera. Um, but yeah, so then after that, yeah, all through college, as you guys know, at UConn, and then um, pretty much moved to Florida a month after I got out of school in 2004. So I remember we went up to Mont-Saint-Anne in Canada, in Quebec, and then a month after that, I was in Key West. So it, in the temperature in the car, it was like negative nine negative 19 degrees and then 84 degrees. Mm. In one week. So it was uh, it was pretty insane. So I'm a little yeah. bit of an outlier here with the group because I'm a snowboarder. I have not been on snow in a while. I uh, have no children. And I'm generally just a derelict. So let's keep <laughs> moving.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we got the uh, the last time you skied at uh, St. Anne's, And uh, would you say your favorite place to ski? You left that part out. Or was it Smugglers? Smugglers, oh, baby. Smugglers? Smugglers. Oh no! No, uh, <laughs> no, growing up in Danbury, you get uh, you get Big Birch, which is over in New York, or Mohawk, which is the pride of Connecticut. That's and, right. Uh, Mohawk is the jam.
0: That's where I cut my teeth as a kid, and literally and figuratively. And uh, <laughs> no, that, that was probably good. I mean, besides haystack, I would say I've been to Okemo the most. Yeah, uh, I. Yeah, I. Uh, but it was great, just because that's just what's there. So you do what you got to do.
1: That's it. That's it. Uh, now what about gear? I uh, are you uh, Did you? I'm trying to think. When you went to um, Tahoe, did you did you bring gear or did you rent gear?
0: Oh no no I rented gear. Um, and that's the thing. I, you know, when I started skiing. It was all these straight skis, not the curved ones like you kids got today. But then, uh, you know, I had a snowboard and I wanted to be different. So instead of getting a Burton or a Rod or something like that, <laughs> I got a Solomon because i wanted to be different and this thing weighed like 45 pounds and it was fantastic it was as long as like a surfboard and you just cruise it was a w5 164 and that's what i rode all through college and uh it was absolutely great and since then i just rented because um i live in florida so i'm not going to use up my precious crawl space with some snow equipment and my girlfriend's snowboard is down here and she insists on dragging it Everywhere we go, so it has to fly on Southwest because you get a pre-check
1: bag, and I'm going to
0: just lugging this thing across the country. Anyway, uh,
1: yeah, Solomon. All right, go Solomon, or or not, maybe not, not ever. Uh, best part of the ski day. Uh, well, since the other two took
0: what weren't going to be mine, I think that after you get that clam chowder in a bread bowl for ooh, lunch, ooh, yeah. And then you, put those boots back on, oh, no, no, it's not good, we're getting to it, and then like an hour or two after that, once the sun sun starts going down, all the bumps and ridges start blending into one another, and you'll be scraping your edge and then hit a big pile of powder and go ass over tea kettle, and then the thought process directly after that happens, when you go, fuck this, I'm going inside and I'm getting a beer. And then that last little bit when you're going down the hill and going, okay, just don't fall again because this day is over. And then uh, that's probably my favorite. But you, you unclip at the bottom, and then that that moment there from the time you get in the lodge to the time you get your first big-ass beer is the best.
1: Love it. Love it, man. Love it. I feel like I witnessed that happening to you a couple times. <laughs> uh, testify. <laughs> testify. <laughs> Uh, Well, that was fantastic. That was a great way to kind of warm up the conversation, gents. Thank you for sharing. Uh, We're just going to jump right into our first game. So um, this one's real easy, guys. It's called True or False, and uh, hopefully it'll be pretty straightforward, right? I'm going to read you a statement, and we're going to go round robin, and uh, we're going to say, you know, true or false your answers, and we're going to see how it goes. So... According to this vintage 1996-1997 trail map, Haystack has or had 49 trails. Uh, Let's go with Beamer.
0: Uh, That is true. It's as true
2: as anything I've ever heard in my entire life.
1: Uh, Franchise. I'm
2: going to go with false because I wasn't paying attention when you said that.
1: Uh, (laughs) All right. Haystack, according to 1996-1997 trail map, has 49 trails. True or false? Give me false. KP, what do you got? Give me with false. I think it has probably in the, the 30,
3: 32, 35 range.
1: Uh, no, actually, uh, Beamer take a commanding lead. It's 49 trails in 1996, 1997 oh. season. And in fact, when comparing the old trail map with the picture of the newer one with the Hermitage logo, the only noticeable difference I saw were uh, a couple. Uh, stump Jumper is now Fever Pitch, Yellow Birch Lane. Uh, Birch is a, uh, going to come up in a little bit, is now The Birch. And, uh, New Gladoff Cauldron is now called Triforce. So, there you go. How about that? Uh, second question. Haystack has had four different owners since opening in the 1964-65 season. We'll keep the same order so everyone kind of gets the flow. Beamer.
0: Uh, Faust. I say three owners, but some of those owners
1: were the same because those
0: guys were hanging out at the club. I remember that. They were sitting around smoking cigars saying, you
1: know what, why don't we buy the buy
3: the mountain? And, uh, yeah, I'm going to say false. All right, Frank, what do you think? Uh,
1: I'm going to say false, too.
3: KP? I'm going to go with true. It sounds like a, a good amount of ownership throughout that time. Period.
1: It's actually uh, false. Uh, at last count, this is <laughs> being around and roll, baby. Uh, at last count, the Skiria had at least eight different owners. This is that bumpy past that I was talking about at the beginning in the intro. All right, uh, true-false. In 1968, a hip new nightclub called Sergeant Peppers opened on the mountain. Beam. Uh,
0: that's got to be false because that's no way that you said that earlier in the show and I didn't remember it.
2: So... Uh... Yeah, false. I'm
1: going false. So Frank. I did, um, Frank. I don't, I don't
2: remember you saying that. either.
1: Uh, KP? Definitely false.
2: Sounds like
1: a All right. False. So, uh, just to be clear, if you go back and listen, I said most of the answers, not all the answers are when the, in the in the intro. So, do you want to is they want to change their their answer? We're all no, false. All right, you are all wrong. It was actually true. Uh, and I think, again, going back to that intro, it must have paired well with that wine and cheese shop, which I did mention. Um, and in case you were wondering, the Sergeant Peps at UConn was Sergeant Pepperoni's, not Sergeant Pepper's. So I had to check that just in case. <laughs> All right, uh, a couple more and we'll move on. Uh, 1972, Haystack made regional headlines when one of its short double chairs de Beam. Uh... That was probably seventy one. I know those new cable uh, safety standards went into effect in seventy two. So OSHA, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before that, it was just kind of the honor system. So I'm going to say false. <laughs> Frank, uh, I'm going to stick. I'm going to stick with
2: my uh, sticking with beam on this. So I'm going to say false as well. KP, uh, it's true. Very, very
3: far, but few. There have been. a few of accidents. I think a chance
1: to say true. You got it. You're on the board. That was a good one, KP. It was true. Yeah. Uh, uh, and fortunate, fortunately, there were no fatalities, but 11 people were hospitalized. Um, in 1977, equipment from the local fire department were borrowed to help st- uh, get the ski area open. Beam.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's true. Uh, but, you know... I'm going to stick false. I feel like i uh, a false too. You know, they use those fire hoses for the snowmaking, it seems like, but uh, maybe it wasn't 77. I'm sticking false, doubling down. Frank?
2: I think I'm going to go with true on this. You know, I've, I've seen how much water can go through one of those fire hoses. And, uh, you know, if they, were, if they were short a hose or two and they needed to get snow at the top of the mountain, I could see the uh, fire department giving them one.
1: KP, close it out. What do you got?
3: Um, I'm really true. There's definitely the fire hoses,
1: uh, probably some ladders and other equipment. Holy crow, everybody. We are tied. That was true. We are all tied up. Going to the last question in this game. It was true. Uh, It was a down snow year and and no snowmaking forced mountain ops teams to resort to borrowing fire department equipment to get, and I quote, some sort of frozen surface, end quote. All right, final question. In uh, true-false, in 1996-1997 season, Haystack's corporate sponsors were Mountain Dew, Jeep, Hertz, and Nike. Beam. Uh, nope, I can't
0: switch horses now. I'm staying false. I'm not even sure that Nike existed at that time. Frank. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to go with false on that. Those, those, those
1: seem like pretty big-name sponsors. For a, for a mountain that had 40-something trails. All right, KP, last, last question, last answer. What do you got?
2: Uh, I mean, I, I hate to keep it, a, it even tied, but, uh, yeah, some of
3: those response, I don't, I don't see Mountain Dew doing it.
1: Well, guys, <sighs> you're all right. However, let's, can you see it? Yeah, I see it. So three out of the four were right. So uh, we have Mountain Dew, Hertz, Jeep, and not Nike, but Fila. So we are tied after one game. Everybody, this is crazy. First time it's ever happened. Oh, my God. Congratulations, oh, guys. We ah, well, we're going to get to the prize in a little bit. But um, all right, so after the game, two-two-two. Uh, 2, two, two uh, thank you guys for playing. Now we're going to go right into the uh, ski area, the main story of, uh, narrative of the narrative uh, of the episode. So, uh, again, Haystack Mountain, open in 1964-1965 season. Your mountain profile, elevation 3,445 feet. Skiable acres, 307. Trails, 49, at least according to this trail map map which we're used uh, basing the episode on lifts are six two in the lower mountain four in the upper mountain average snowfall 178 inches vertical drop 1400 feet that's your ski area uh here we go my haystack experience is pretty much our haystack experience uh now um again pre-show we were we're trying to scratch uh, some cobwebs uh, out of the old uh, the head and we're going to see where, where this goes. But um, what I remember, gents, is it was a ski trip after fall semester finals. And there was a uh, ski dump up in Vermont that we were trying to catch and were able to um, join up with another buddy who had a place up there. And um, so I only recall the snowfall because we took three vehicles. And of the three, only two made it up the snowy hill. Uh, the, to the house. Now, uh, Beamer, do you have any idea whose car didn't make it up the hill?
0: Uh, I don't even know if I drove or was on this trip, but uh, <laughs> I had the Lincoln Continental, and that probably didn't. Uh, I, the Oldsmobile Bravada with the Smart Track system did, because I remember Zach had to keep coming down the driveway and getting
1: stuff. So. But, uh, uh, <laughs> i remember it differently so i'm very curious about the uh, your recollection i had the mercury topaz oh yeah topaz that was a good car in the snow that thing would always
0: plow through
1: it was great i remember it being on the bottom of the hill but uh all right so you had a different uh different car but yeah i think that was the the deal i think it was the, the one of your it was your car you did drive and i think kp drove the other other vehicle uh and then i think Zach me drive that slow pass all the way up
0: to We <laughs> don't at college, and I just couldn't remember which one we had at that time. But yeah, I don't know how many stinky college guys were in that little Mercury at the time. But yeah, that, uh, that could not have smelled well from the back seat.
1: No, and I think it actually ended up getting plowed into that spot on the bottom of the hill because that's where yes, they put the yeah. snow. Uh, I think it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little donation, I guess, to the local uh, community. Um, all right, so that was a little kind of fun, little tune-up there. Um, and I remember, though, before we actually got to the house, before we got to the big hill, the snowy, slippery hill, uh, we had to pick up some provisions. And, uh, you know, food, gas for the vehicle, return trip, and, of course, uh, some beverages being the provisions. What we knew, we needed beer for the weekend. What we didn't know... At the time, anyway, Vermont state law required everyone in the party purchasing beer to be 21 years or older. Now, KP, do you remember anything about that?
3: Uh, Yeah, we definitely all weren't 21. I believe uh, (laughs) maybe Zach and myself were not, and we had to go hide in the uh, the car out in the parking
1: lot. Not exactly. We didn't know everyone. I think... You're half right in your recollection. So you and Zach, I don't think, were you were close, though, so, you know, we could round up, but No, Beamer, I think Beam bought it. No, no, no. It was actually, uh, well, we don't want to necessarily uh, get in trouble for buying for miners. But uh, anyway, no, the, uh, I think the, the, what happened was uh, a bunch of us went into the 7-Eleven that is still there in Dover. Uh, as you recall, there's a big cooler in the back and loaded up the counter. And the kind, uh, sweet uh, person, lady behind the uh, register, looked at us and said, need all your IDs. And uh, a couple of us showed our 21 and older ID. And she said, not everyone has one. I can't sell this to you. So sure enough, um, and I, th- I think I sensed, I remember like a, a power trip, a little bit of like, you know, she was enjoying that. And uh so, you know, what we ended up doing is just went right across the street to, I think it was Chatwick's, uh, another gas station with a little beer cooler, and uh, went there anyway. Um, now, the side note of that wasn't so much that the that issue, um, but we discovered Harpoon Winter Warmer. You guys remember that?
4: Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, and that was like the year that I think the blend, like the recipe was actually really good. I think in the years that... You know, kind of went on and got a little sweeter and, and kind of turned some folks off. But um, so I remember that. And then kind of more, most importantly, and then we'll get to the skiing, uh, getting to Zach's place. So his place is a, a, in a development called Chimney Hill that uh, is uh, between or near a Haystack and Mount Snow. Now, it's tough to find the actual address, the, the houses, because again, not to date ourselves, but let's just say Waze wasn't uh, you know a hot commodity everyone had. So you actually needed some directions, and um, unfortunately, in those houses, um, they're so pushed back, and the way that the snow gets plowed up on the road, more often than not, mailboxes are buried. You know, house numbers are are buried on lampposts, or they're they're you can't even see them from the road on the door. So what we didn't know. Is that the numbers on the trees in front of houses weren't addresses? They were nine one one like emergency number locations. So I think it was I was with yeah KP and maybe Zach and no he was obviously at his house so maybe it was the two of us and we were just driving in endless circles up this snowy, slippery, slippery dark hill trying to find the house. You know I don't think we had, let's we didn't have cell phones or if we did it was we weren't getting service up there. No ways. And I remember, like, it was a long time (laughs) until we figured out how to get to his house. Um, Side note on that, um, we were late to the Mario Kart, uh, N64 Mario Kart Tournament uh, that I recall being victorious in ultimately. But, you know, I'm sure Beam is going to have something to say about that. Um, Last thing I remember is the skiing. I don't recall how many days we skied. I don't recall exactly how the day went. What you recall was one specific run that Mister Franchise uh, led the party and led the charge on. So, as I recall, was a run, Shaw? what I, uh, was it? A was it a mobile run? Uh, there was some. There was some terrain. There was. There was some steep terrain. There's some. Some tough terrain. Expert terrain. Um, so yes, there were moguls on this trail. Yes. Um, and again, feel free to jump in if you if you're starting to remember it, but I'm not sure if this is the same story, but yeah. All go right. ahead. I'll give my like, version. I want to hear your take on it. So what I remember was um, it was, you know, it was maybe the middle of the day or something, maybe towards the end of the day when, like, as Beam described, great, just sort of like, you know, coming out maybe from lunch <laughs> and try not to hurt yourself. So you, I remember, um, were, like, really excited for this next run. You're like, guys, let's go down this trail. I heard about it. or This looks good. And it was called Warlock's Woods. And it was a glade, and I don't think we did many glades because there's not that many glades there, at least marked glades. So we go in there. It's all of us. And uh, I think you um, you were like, I'm going to lead the pack, guys. Let's follow me. Like, you're following me down. So you take off, and it became evident that you either hit something on a, you know, not, not uncommon in the glades or just lost control, lost an edge, and were barreling at, like, top speed into a mogul field with a few trees nearby. At one point, you centered yourself... But in so doing, centered yourself right into this huge ass birch tree. As I recall, I was right behind you or next to you, and I'm literally like, "Frank, turn or like get out of the way!" And you're just going straight down. You didn't look back. And everyone else is trying to keep up with you, and literally, I don't see anything but just disaster coming, coming, coming next. I basically kind of wanted to close my eyes. I didn't want to see what was going to happen. All of a sudden, I hear smack, crack. Uh, The good news was the crack wasn't your arms, legs, or neck, but it was the tree because you smashed into a dead birch tree, splitting it, like, three-quarters of the way, like, in half, essentially. And and then the part that you didn't break, like, kind of just... Tripped you up enough that you've been wiped out after having this like big ass tree in your arms, and I swear to God, when I was thinking about this, it just—I feel like I saw. Like do you remember that? I have, I have a little bit of a de- different recollection okay. of that. What do, you, what do you got? I saw <laughs> no. K. Ka- I saw I saw KP laughing a little bit, so I feel like maybe I was remembering it right. You hit a nerve for sure. Um, All right. So I I remember it was I think we were in the woods and. At one point, I think we came out of the woods, and we were on, it was just a really steep
2: off trail. Like, okay. there were no trees. And at the time, I was skiing with, like, 70-inch straight skis. <laughs> like, they were my uncle's skis that I had received from him. Sure. Like, and he was, he was you know, so I'm like, you know, 5'10". He was like
1: 6'6". And these were his skis, right? <laughs> Yeah, uh, you're not turning uh, quickly. That's
2: what that's what I was skiing on. Okay. On this trip. I remember those skis. They were fantastic. They were so fast. But anyway, not
1: great for woods. (laughs) No, they were not great for bumps. (laughs) Um we were going down this trail and I
2: was feeling so good going down this bump trail and I was just I was bouncing back and forth and I was hitting them I was hitting like the, the perfect spot on the bumps. But like the trail ended. And it just ended in a cliff that went into the woods. And and I remember, I remember looking up because I was at the bottom of the trail and it was just like, there was like one of those like main street trails that like ran at the bottom of this, like going sideways, traversing the mountain. And I went sheer across it into the woods and like hard stop, like tried to like get regain control because I totally lost it at that point. And that's when I hit that tree and I, and I sheared it right off. I went right through it. Yes. I don't remember how, I have no idea how big it was, but I do remember I went right through the tree. Like, with my skis sideways, you know, <laughs> plowing into the tree. And then, like, I was in waist-deep snow, and I couldn't, I had a really hard time getting out of it. <laughs> I make sure you're doing this with, like, one of those orange fences on you, the fence. <laughs> yes.
1: There was a skiing right there. <laughs> I was just in the woods. Was, Slow skiing was, like, area. Yeah. I had, I had my, like, you
2: know, my 1984 Solomon boots oh. and, like, you know, these, these, like, huge skis and I, like, lost things in the woods. I, I remember that. That was awesome. That was yes. one of my best wipeouts
1: of all time. Oh, no question about it. It was it was an epic wipeout. It was one of those <laughs> things when it's the other day and everyone's exhausted, but we're
3: still having a ton of fun. And then you just see somebody that's, like, you, you're just calling it for the day. You're saying, screw it. I'm just going to do this shit. I've been... Not yep. wanting to do this all day, I'm just going down this slope, with every bump, whatever. Who cares? And you just bombed it. And We're like, Frank, franchise, yeah, fucking franchise, go for it. <laughs> just, just Bomb through that, we're like, holy shit.
1: He did. He actually did it.
3: That We're like, holy fuck. We gotta, we gotta ski down
1: there and see what the hell happened. Okay okay oh so good man i'm so glad that you were able to kind of correct that a little bit
2: helmets by the way oh yeah yeah. like nobody (laughs) wore helmets back then like (laughs) what was it 2003 nobody was wearing helmets to
1: go skiing yeah that was uh that was not uh, that common that's a good point um so we're glad you're okay clearly uh things have worked out so it was all right but
0: And that's true. That's the thing that you know when you're a responsible adult is that when your buddy's like, oh, we'll go up, we'll just get one more run in at the end of the day, and then if you're old enough to know that you shouldn't do that, then you're a responsible adult. You're like, nope, that's it for me. Be good, everybody, because 90% of the injuries happen on that last run where you're just trying to get in safely and just, you know, you can't enjoy yourself because you're like, how bad would it be if I busted my knee on this last one? So, you you know, you just got to just take it easy, get
1: in there and have a nice tall IPA. That's it. That's it. Love it. That's it. I think that's probably how we closed out that day. I mean, no, there was no going back up the mountain after that. Uh, do you guys remember anything else on that trip? Those are my four highlights or my four kind of pieces of it, of a puzzle. Uh, uh, yeah, I, remember, I remember the house more than I think I remember the skiing, other than that wipeout, uh, that epic mm, yard sale mm. up on the mountain. Oh, it uh, was epic. I'm pretty sure there was a lot of snow and we were jumping off of the deck into the snow, trying to make, like, snow angels, and I, I vaguely remember yeah. jumping off the deck and getting the wind completely knocked out, like, <laughs> landing in the snow, like, because the snow was just fluffy, <laughs> and you went right through it, <laughs> right. clunk, and hit the ground, you know? <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot of snow, no doubt. I just remember, like, again, the, the, the beams, uh, Beamer's car in the bottom, you know, just totally boxed in and, and just ripping all day, uh, and then, you know, obviously you being able to make that decision, just go all in on that run and just say, hey, there's a lot of snow here. So what what really can go wrong? Um, I yeah, I think and I think Zach might have had I think he was a ride. I think he sno- he was he is a snowboarder. And I think he might have even set up like a jump like from his deck, like almost like kind of roofline deck kind of thing. And I think I think he actually either that or sledding or something. So there was a ton of snow and, and those are the days, yeah, that it just dumped up there. Yeah, that's true. That
0: was a really nice cabin. And I think now that we're all older and you guys have kids and everything, and to think about, like, owning a house or a nice ski cabin and then having, like, five or six or ten idiot college kids at your place, like, they're just going to be destroying. I don't know how, they, how do they use the stove. These guys don't know anything. But somehow we, uh, we made it work, which was great. And I remember the cabin more so than the mountain, too, just because it's, you know, everybody hanging around and acting the fool, which is really the best part of any trip.
1: No question about it, and and winning the Mario Kart, you know, tournament. But um, yeah, no, definitely. Um, oh just, no,
0: man, I'm not sure if your listeners know, um,
1: but we should I mute
0: you? <laughs> Tournament to <laughs> figure out who was going to get the large bedroom in the condo that we shared, and let's just say I had a lot of room to stretch out that year.
1: Yeah, that was a calculated risk. I was thinking when I brought that up in like my pre-kind of show notes, I was like, "Did I mention that?" But you know, you didn't just—you dis- did not uh, disappoint me. And and you're right, you <laughs> did—you did get me on Rainbow Road when I when I went out of control <laughs> off the course. Um, did the any jokes
3: on Zach? You got to sleep in his parents' bedroom.
1: Oh. Yeah, I don't quite That's remember true. the yeah. accommodations, but um, yeah, again, yeah. Zach. Mom was still in there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I uh, that I don't remember, uh, but uh, I did lose lose touch of them a little bit, so I gotta I gotta try to track them down. Um, I didn't, I was not successful in, in my my uh, couple of attempts uh on the on the interweb. But uh did you guys close this section out, did any of you guys ever get back there or do you know, at least for uh franchise and KP, do you know anyone that was a member of this Hermitage Club and and uh, you know, invite you know, that would maybe get you invitation. I, I had read at one point that, you know, I mean, the buy in to the club is like was ridiculous and then the annual dues was like fifteen thousand dollars even before they um, they you know went bankrupt. So you know it's a sizable commitment for for that for that hill. But um, just curious if you knew anybody because um, otherwise it's gonna be tough to get back on that hill. Yeah, I don't. I haven't heard of anyone that
3: that's a member there. But I, I have seen some some quite beautiful billboards on ninety one just outside of Hartford uh, advertising the Hermitage Club, and I looked it up at one point. I'm like, okay. That's uh, quite a bit of change there to, to ski there these days, but uh, yes. it'd be great to get back up there and, and uh, you know bring back some of these memories, relive them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely hope uh, it it works out whatever they're whatever they're cooking up. But it would be great to kind of you know yeah get uh, get some other 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 uh, other you know open up access because it was a it was a fun little hill and Mount Snow certainly is uh, is is quite busy um, you know next door. Uh, final thoughts on the Deerfield uh, Valley Dover area. Um, I don't recall we went out to, like to eat or anything on that trip. I think like you said it was kind of cabin focused after the ski day, but. Um, um. Yeah.
2: I can't remember, Shaw? Was this the trip that that we had to show somebody how to make eggs?
1: <laughs> was that was that a different trip? Wow! It that might have been me. That's it a, might have been me. That's a great. Was
3: the first time that Shaw had to learn how to make eggs.
1: Whoa! 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 <laughs> hey! 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 Uh, lived in two nineteen. Lived in C ten. c ten. You're you're muted. <laughs> I, I forgot. I forgot on your show I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, where else do I live? Yeah, so no, I know how to make eggs. Come on, it wasn't me. I think that was the main thing. no you know, you know I, I think it was somebody else, and it might have been a different trip that we were all yeah. together. Yeah, uh, where where we we're like, just make like you know, make the mac and cheese, and he's like, I don't know how to make mac and cheese. What are you talking <laughs> about? You put it in the water. You put it. In, you freaking boil the water. I don't know how to boil the water. What are you talking about? You're right. I, I think that I, – I remember that story. It might have it been was, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah that Jeremy definitely sounds right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, fortunately, we all know how to make eggs and mac and cheese, uh, at least as far as I know. Uh, thank you guys for uh, kind of going down memory lane there a little bit, and I'm glad we were able to clarify the uh, Frank versus Birch Tree story. It will forever be burned in my head now that I know the, the, the gory details wrapped around in a slow skiing area orange uh, fencing. But uh, <laughs> so um, now we're going to shift back into a little game and kind of wrap things up as we go. Uh, we got to declare a champion. Uh, of course, when we play games, uh, there needs to be a prize, right? So as I recall, uh, Mr. Beamer is on uh, a every other year or so does a ski or ri- riding trip. So this next ski riding season would be it. And I also know my uh, other uh, uh friends in the northeast need to get back on the slope because there's been some years that have went by. So I always get a season pass. Not exactly sure what it's going to be. I'm considering some different options given my own situation. Uh, But I promise the winner of this game gets a buddy pass. So that means you get to ski with me. How cool is that? Yay! Uh, wait, now on those paths, do we actually
0: have to ski like go up on the same chair and like ride next to each other?
1: Are you... Or can you just kind of give it to me in the parking lot, and then I'll meet you at lunch? Yeah, is that sort of you don't want to kind of be seen with me? I understand. I understand. It's a good question. I haven't really thought the disclaimer, the details, the fine print yet, but uh you gotta give me something to think about. So that's what's on the line. It's gonna be uh, a, a buddy pass, uh, and uh, depending on what's on the on my on my pass, you know, you could choose whatever mountain it is. So uh, obviously you have to, you know, make arrangements to get there. But you, you guys are smart, you can figure it out. So that's what's on the line, buddy pass, skiing with Shawman next year, Squawman for this uh, podcast. So we're going into game two. It's a new game. This is exciting. I haven't done this yeah. yet this is called vermont ski trivia since again the episode framing it was uh, in vermont and uh and haystack so now it's not haystack specific this is the state of vermont okay so uh, i'm going to ask you a few different types of questions but uh that's what we're going to do here so uh we'll go in the same order for your answers so here we go vermont ski trivia what Vermont ski area claims the highest chairlift located near the mountain's peak at 4,083 feet? This is multiple choice. So again, highest chairlift, the mountain peak 4,083 feet. Is it Smuggler's Notch? An Be- early beam favorite. Stowe, Stratton, I think uh, KP mentioned that, or Sugarbush? Beam. Uh, I'm going to take Sugarbush.
0: We went up to uh, Wally's house one year and up there, and it was pretty high up there in the, I don't know, they all seem pretty high. Actually, so do I.
1: So I'll take uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Panama Red, what do you think there, uh, Franchise?
2: Uh, I think it's going to be Stowe.
1: All right, KP? Can, can you
2: give
1: me the uh, responses again? Sure. Uh, Smuggler's Notch, Stowe, Stratton, or Sugarbush? Uh, let's go
3: Stratton.
1: Incorrect. Uh, I'm sorry, this is multiple choice. Uh, Mr. Beam, Sugarbush. Very well done. All right. Now again, just to reinforce, the answers to some of the questions are from the various segments. All right, number two. What is the name of Vermont's highest peak or name its ski area? So I'll either accept the name of the mountain or the ski area. Uh, This is not multiple choice, so you need to guess. (laughs) Say, again, what is the name of Vermont's highest peak or name its ski area? Beamer. Uh, I would like to remind everybody that I
0: live in Florida and I have for the last 17 years. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Let's just say Killington. Sure. Mount Killington. Is that a mountain? It's a thing, too,
1: right? <laughs> All right, Killington. <laughs> Franchise. Uh- You want to go with Mad River Glen?
2: No. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, buddy. Yeah, I... Killington's already been taken. <laughs> well, you know what? So if.
1: You if, can do the uh, same thing.
2: If Sugarbush has the highest cheerlead, maybe it also has the highest peak. KP? Killington was my first instinct, so I'm going to go with that.
1: Okay, you're all wrong. It's Mount Mansfield, that's Stowe. Oof. Oof. Uh, I
4: almost
0: said Stowe. Oh, Stow. I knew Stowe was smart.
1: That's all right. We have a few more to go. All right. In 1937, what Vermont ski area hosted the first known ski race in North America? Okay. You guys are probably actually not going to get this, so maybe I'll just skip it. Uh, No, go ahead. Uh, Yeah. Uh, uh, Yeah. I'm going to say it's probably a big birch, even though that's in New York. Uh, I I I think it's Mohawk. Uh, Frank, what do you think?
2: I'm more of a Southington
1: guy myself in Connecticut, so... Yeah, boy! <laughs> KP? Not gonna get it. No idea. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I threw this in there, because it wasn't... I didn't list anything else. It's Suicide 6, just so you know. I guess it's a little Ooh, piece I've of history. <clears throat> yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, the fifth ski race uh, continues to this day. It's like a rite of passage. Uh, Bode Miller, uh, Chip Knight, Jimmy Cochran, U.S. Olympians uh, kind of cut their teeth at uh, at that race, apparently. All right, moving on. What or where is the Vermont Open? So either what is it and, or where is it? Beam.
0: Uh, I will say that is a semi-annual tennis tournament that is held in Montpelier. <laughs> and uh, you don't wear
1: white like at Wimbledon, though. You have to wear green. <laughs> yeah man can you top that i don't think you can no i
2: can't i like i was trying to think of something witty but like i'm up against the professionals here so i have nothing i have no idea
1: all right uh i i'll give you a hint uh and and i'll get beamer back in if he wants uh i did name it has been named already in this in this in these questions so again what or where is the vermont open
0: At Stowe, which is a mountain and also a ski resort, and uh, yeah, I'd say probably like the east facing side, maybe the windward side. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's a ski competition, they all have torches and they go down
1: and do a slog with the torches. All right, you're that's getting... always fun. Okay, Parade. I see what you did there. All right, franchise, this is your t- moment. What do you think? I don't know, you know, what? so I only know a handful of mountains in Vermont. Um, so I'm just going to name them, Stratton, one of them KP? First mountain I ever skied at in Vermont. <laughs> he,
3: thanks for stealing my thunder there, Frank. Uh, I'm going to go Strat too.
1: It you? is Strat. Yeah, I talked about that a yeah. times. There you go. So it's an annual snowboard competition. Hosted at Strat oh, every a year. a snowboarder. Knuckle so I just got to point out once again we are tied three 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 this is a, <laughs> this is amazing all right two more to go and we're uh, in the last uh, last section here uh, what Vermont skieria has the only triple black diamond trail in the east again it's been named. <sighs>
0: um. As a kid I remember people would have the Mad River Glen ski it if you can bumper stickers and I was very intimidated by that and I didn't, I didn't think I could ski it
1: because I, I, I was just doing the pizza at the time so uh, I will say Mad <laughs> River Glen because
0: of the
2: intimidating bumper stickers
1: bumper stickers alright Frank what do you got
2: um yeah I don't know is it Killington
3: <laughs> KP
2: uh Similar to, to Beam,
3: based on the uh, the bumper stickers. They were so scary! They were, but contrary to, to the ones you saw, I, I'm going to go with Killington.
1: You are all wrong. Ironically, though, it's where the Beam family got started. Smuggler's Notch, the black hole, the only triple diamond in the East. All right, last question. According to the Vermont Ski Area Association, how much money economic activity does the ski industry in Vermont generate? Again, we are tied 3-3-3. This is the last question in this section. Closest gets the point. Someone will win this point. Again. According to, uh, how much uh, annual economic activities does the ski or riding industry generate? Is this an over-under question? Uh, Close, you can go over. You can go over, it's not Price is Right, you can go over. One (laughs) dollar, baby, one dollar. I will
0: say uh, $640
1: million. All right, I'm going to write this down so I don't forget. All right, okay, 640, okay, franchise?
2: The the question is economic activity for the Northeast ski mountains?
1: Uh, No, Vermont.
2: Vermont ski mountains, okay. Yes. Um, I bet you it's got to be close to like 2.5
1: billion. Okay, 2.5 billion. Okay, KP, last one. It's going to
3: be on the low end. Let's say uh, 350 million.
1: 350. It is actually $1.6 billion. Beamer takes the commanding one-point lead going into the final game. But first, quick ski news of the week. Uh, So there's been a lot of reopenings, as you guys guys may have seen. Uh, I talked about A-Basin earlier, um, who actually is closing tomorrow, ironically. But there's been a lot of other mountains that have reopened uh, amid the pandemic to see what they could do with a limited amount of... Uh, of of capacity. Um, So now, you know, again, all eyes are on the Southern hemisphere, what that ski season is going to look like. What I've observed though, so far is that some of these mountains have done like a golf course type online reservation system. You pay for it. uh, You get your, your set arrival time, get on a lift, got to ride the lift with people you come with uh, rather than strangers. Um, not sure how people, you know, all the lodges have been closed for the most part this season. Curious how it's going to go next season. Again, got to be optimistic, got to be glass half full when it comes to this, uh, and really anything of the ski season, there's a lot of challenges, uh, you know, snowfall, that kind of thing. But, um, what are your thoughts on next ski season and what would it take you to get you on the mountain? Um, again, considering uh, what that might look like, any initial thoughts? Uh, I don't think it'll be all that different, really. I mean, when you talk about face coverings, you always had the buffs. You always had now,
0: you know, helmets and the uh, baklava's and all that stuff. So, I mean, yeah, it's outdoors. Nobody's really, <laughs> nobody's really touching each other too much, except poking on the chairlift or something. But it's not the – I mean, there's been some gondola adventures. Outside of the gondola, I think it's a different story because, you know, we all know what happens in those gondolas. It's not uh, the best – environment on the best of days but as far as the chairlift goes i'd say hop on don't worry
1: about it all right that smelly uh topaz uh kind of reminiscing in that gondola uh what about you uh there franchise what would it take to get you the kitties up uh, to a uh, mad river again uh maybe yeah.
2: you know it's gonna be a. Um, <laughs> I think i got one more year of um of
1: hiatus okay got another kid on the way okay so um oh that's right uh, yes that's right thank you that we didn't get to in (laughs) the pre-show
2: how many kids Five. that's four four okay but uh but you know honestly to get me back on the mountain i need a babysitter
1: okay that's what it was gonna take (laughs) that's it hey childcare that's a big part of the ski ski area experience so uh i get it Uh, kp how about you
3: so I, th- I think t- towards the, the question, Beam was uh, talking about it you know face coverings, all that. I think the uh, the lodge experience will be very different. Um, I think what I need is maybe a Shawman organized ski trip for me to uh, use in, as an excuse for why I need to get a weekend away.
1: Oh, maybe a cabin and, on and, Chimney Hill and, and, <laughs> and do
3: do a, do a guy's ski weekend and uh, and sell that to the better half all right that, to be that, continued that me back on the slope if to? not if not then it's you know getting my uh my 24 year olds on on skis in, in december january
1: all right well we will see what we can do i'm looking forward to it i'm hoping the ski areas i expect them to definitely change some stuff up but i think you're right um and when it comes to sort of that balanced approach all right final game and we are uh gonna be uh wrapping it up this is a guest favorite, okay? This is the final game, the guest favorite. Most uh, most folks have liked enjoyed this. Um, and it's, uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm going to give, it's called Name That Ski Area. It's not just Haystack. It's not just uh, Vermont. It could be a couple other, uh, couple other states. But I think they're places that you all know, uh, not too, you know, off the beaten path. <clears throat> I'm going to give you five hints. Elevation, the name of a chairlift the name of a popular trail, a name of a lodge, and the state, and you just need to guess ski areas. So you guess as many as you want, uh, and then whoever gets it first gets the point. So this is a bit of a kind of chaotic game at times, but um, we'll see how it goes. So here we go. Name that ski area. Elevation 3,967 feet. Golden oh, no. Golden Express <laughs> Are you may, all right, how about this? I'll start with the state and then work my way back. So it's Vermont. Elevation 3, 3967, Golden Express Quad, Upper Pike is the trail. Came up. No. Is close. No. <laughs> Last Run Lodge is the lodge. It is in central Vermont. It is next to Killington. Uh, Stop. No. There's a small. Mount uh, Mount Stowe. Mount Stowe. No. <laughs> There's a smaller mountain near killington No. Alright. It is uh it is Pico. So no one got that That's one. That's what I said. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It sounded I like that, Did I, you? I thought it sounded like Okimo. I said I said Pico. Oh did you? Oh, then you got it. Pico yeah. de Gallo. Alright, sorry about that. Yeah, Frank got that one. Oh nice. Congrats, man. Well done. Alright, here we go. Elevation. Fourth th- I'm sorry, New Hampshire. Uh, so KP might have an advantage here. We'll see. Elevation, 4,000 feet, White Peaks Express, Old Tecumseh, the Freestyle Lounge, New Hampshire. It's a mid-sized mountain. It is uh, It is in the White Mountains. Mount um, Sunapee. Sunapee. No, but that is a mountain in New Hampshire. That's a good guess. And that's all I got. It's the only one I know. All right. Um, three, two, <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I want to keep this kind of close too. So, uh, (laughs) Um, actually, if you get this right, you tie Frank and Beam again. So, maybe I do want to give it to you. We'll see. Uh, What 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 about about the town that said? Oh, I don't have that in front of me, man. All right, nobody gets it. It was Waterville Valley.
4: Oh, okay. I wasn't going
1: to go there. All right, two more, and I think we'll declare a winner. Uh, elevation 10,067 feet. The Witches, Fever Pitch, I'm sorry, no, (laughs) okay, (laughs) yeah, California, sorry, 10,067 feet, Sky Express, no, Sky Express, Milky Way Bowl, Stagecoach Lodge, Heavenly, yes, Femur,
0: thank you, yeah, I just stayed there last year, it was fun.
1: Yeah, I kind of gave that one to you. Um, let's go with uh, Elevation, 3,100 feet. Zephyr, oh, I'm sorry, New Hampshire again. Uh, Zephyr high-speed quad. Shenanigans. Shooters. Ooh, <laughs> Shenanigans.
0: Amount's
1: uh, a No, but it's in that state. <laughs> Brentwoods. Brentwoods, better! There you go. That was your layup, and now here comes Frank's layup. <laughs> um, elevation, seven thousand eight hundred feet. Single chair. <laughs> the place Frank brought his family to <laughs> two years <So> ago. T- <laughs> two years so ago. T- t- <laughs> no. No, I made that one up. I'm just kidding. Uh, yes, that was it. Um, all right, so th- so we're all tied. Literally, I had to do that because I gave you guys your homers out of order. Um, so here we go. This is it. So we're tied. It's uh, it's five five all. This is it. Elevation. It's in Vermont. Elevation, 3,554 feet. The Witches. Who said that?
0: It's that right here, baby. Beaver, Get it!
1: And if you let me Fitch, I would have said Fever Pitch, which is the trail I mentioned that had a name change in my monologue, Hermitage in Vermont. There we go. Beamer, you win the game. You have a buddy pass on Shawman uh, if and when you make it up north. And uh, otherwise, uh, if I can get my, my friend's franchise and kp out i will gladly give them a buddy pass too but it sounds like it could be it could be rough um all right last section is apres ski we're just going to skip that for now uh sort of the last call any final thoughts on haystack i think we pretty much covered it um the one last thing i just want to ask you guys sort of a new question the great debate i have been spinning in my head for a little bit um when it comes to skiing riding what is What is more important to you when you think about it convenience or the adventure so we talked about a little bit about the beginning you know like the excitement that frank kind of talked about going into like a ski trip but then there's also if you have a place you know, Bretton Woods. You know, you have but you, you know, family lives there. Like, it's just very convenient because you have a place that you can, you know, get on the shuttle, you know, bus system easily get to the get to the hill. Got your gear in one place. You don't have to schlep. You know, so I, I've been struggling with this, and I think I go through cycles where I kind of like the adventure, and that's why I get this pad, you know, the, you know, whatever my, my season pass and I can go out West for a couple, you know, a couple times a season and get that adventure in. But then I kind of like the convenience cycle of, of, of be, uh, having some generous friends that open up their place, uh, you know, to me and, and let me stay over close to the mountains. So I'm just curious when it comes to sort of the convenience versus adventure, you know, kind of final thoughts, where you guys are at on that. And then, uh, you know, what, um, you know, final thoughts on uh, your skiing kind of, uh, I guess, experience uh, g- to close us out. Who wants to kick it off? Maybe go out of order this time? Maybe uh, go go to Mr. Franchise?
2: Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a good question, Shaw. You know, so is it is it the adventure or the convenience? You know, the convenience makes it easier to go, but the adventure keeps it exciting. So, um, you know, I think, you know, before... Before you can have the adventure you need to you need to be able to do it conveniently. Right? Because if you're not doing it at all, right, if it's not easy to do and you're not going and you're not skiing, because right now for me to go to Mount Southington would be an adventure. It's you know, half an hour away, forty five yep. minutes away. So without having the convenience factor, you can't have the adventure. So I think that's uh think that's uh that's my take on that. You know, the, certainly the adventure is more fun because it's all brand new and who knows what's going to happen. But, um, unless you, unless you have that access, um, or you have like, you know, all the gear or you have like you someplace that you go normally, it's going to be hard to, to, well, I guess it would be adventurous just to go normally at that point. If you don't have all right. the stuff. Right. So, right. so me just getting back into it, it's going to be exciting.
1: Right. Right. KP, what do you think? And you might be a little biased because again, you got so your hands full and you got a nice little setup. But I'm just kind of curious everyone's take. I, I mean, speaking in general, I think it's a combination of both. It's it's really just comes down to the overall experience. So
3: it's going to depend on on where you are in, in, in your wants and needs when you go into skiing. Is it the convenience of having someone that you know that has a place nearby a mountain or on the mountain? Um, and, and what that means prior to skiing, when you get up there that first night, and what you're doing after skiing, um, as well as uh, the adventure once you've, you know, whether it's a, a half hour drive from, from your buddy's place or if they're right in the slopes, uh, the adventure is always right there. So I think it's a combination the overall experience. And uh, it depends on, uh, you know, let's say you have a group of four of us going. You know, some people are going to be there for the, the, uh, the convenience because they don't get to ski much. Others are there because they want the, the excitement uh, and the adventure of that mountain. I lean more towards the adventure, but I think overall it's, it's the, the combined experience.
1: What do you think, uh, Mr. Beamer?
0: Well, yeah, as we get older, I can't speak for these other guys, but, like, obviously adventure is nice, but, you know, comfort is also and convenience is good. Because nobody wants to pile four stinky college kids in a Mercury Topaz anymore. We wouldn't do that. We all fly in. We're like, oh, well, what's the closest airport? Well, just fly into Keene or wherever. And then, you know, or rent a minivan or a regular van or take two cars. Like, no, the adventure it leads to some sort of uncomfortableness, uncomfortableness mm-hmm. where you say, okay, it's not an adventure if you're comfortable and everything goes according to plan. So, you know, but I like when things go to plan, and they are comfortable, and I have a bed to sleep in instead of, like, the floor next to a floor <laughs> heater, you know. gas nice cushion, now,
1: inflatable. <laughs> yeah, so right.
0: I don't know. I'm, I, I'm starting
1: to
0: get along with these old guys that are like, you know what, just give me a nice heated vest or something that I can wear, and I'll just go out there and have a nice time and not deal with you know sleeping on a floor somewhere which is good but you know it's uh the dues are paid you know you go through life and then say okay well i've earned a bedroom by myself and that's pretty much all you need but after that you know it's uh it's just gravy.
1: absolutely absolutely and that's why i think the season passes as they get more uh you know inclusive uh you know kind of you know gives you both options you know on the one hand you got some local mountains that might be convenient and then the other hand you got some maybe midwest west coast mountains or even on a different continent that uh is that adventure so um you know all right well i appreciate you guys sharing i'm still on the fence you know i uh i've been you know thinking about this a little bit and i'm glad to get your takes uh any final thoughts anything we didn't get you that you were expecting or you wanted to say um and then otherwise I'm just gonna close it out with some final final words and, and uh, we're gonna end it. Last call, literal last, last call. Ski fast, take chances.
0: <laughs> Be comfortable, get a
1: bed, that's it. <laughs> get there first. <laughs> well, I'm gonna leave it there. Thank you to my guests, Beamer, Franchise, KP, Thank you to my listeners. Find us on Twitter at Powderhound Skis. Even better, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcast Manager. Just type Powderhounds Podcast. Until next time, see you on the slopes, Powderhounds.